What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. of Talking Out Loud. I am your host, Drew, on this victorious, victorious edition of Talking Out Loud. The Dayton Flyers open up their Atlantic 10 season with a 72-59 road victory over the Davidson Wildcats in a game that was never really in doubt. Dayton grabbed the lead, did not look back, led wire to wire, and took care of their business in on the opening night of the Atlantic 10 season. Again, 72-59, to Dayton a winner tonight. A great balanced effort from the Dayton Flyers. Deron Holmes is your leading scorer with 18 points, followed by Kobe Elvis with 17 points, and Nate Santos with 16. So 18, 17, 16 between those three. Isaac Jack gives you some good bench minutes in the first half, score seven. Uh, Enoch Cheeks, four points, two of those coming on a Showtime windmill dunk. Javon Bennett, two points. Zimmy, two points. Kobe Brea, six points for a total of 72. So let's dive into how Dayton made this happen. You know, it wasn't uh, Dayton's A game by any means. I, I didn't think Dayton played uh, their, you know, their best game, but they played well. They played pretty, pretty darn good for a, a road conference game to open up your conference season uh, on a Wednesday night. They shoot seven of 21 from three. The attempts were down tonight. I think it's because they realized that Davidson just didn't have the guys to keep up with them, you know, off the dribble and getting to the to the hoop because Dayton shoots 26 of 52, 50% from the field. They shoot 22 free throws, only made 13, 59% from the line. That's uh, that's uh, atypical of this Dayton squad. They're typically a very good free throw shooting team, but they they did what they needed to do on a night like tonight. They went in on the road against a, a team that they were better than, who was missing their best player. And they stepped on the gas, got out to an early lead, and kept them at bay the the rest of the way. I don't think once Dayton got it to double figures, I think Davidson may have gotten it under double figures maybe one time, and that was it. Anthony Grant improves to 8-0 and versus Davidson in his tenure here at the University of Dayton, and uh, that's a solid, solid record against the Davidson Wildcats. And a program, frankly, you know, Dayton has owned since 2015. In this episode, we have an interview with uh, our favorite beat, everybody's favorite beat writer, uh, David Jablonski. I recorded with him earlier in the day before the Dayton-Davidson game, and we talked a little bit about how uh, Dayton has had a lot of great success against Davidson 
and tonight was no exception. Uh, they did they did a very good job. Uh, they out rebounded Davidson thirty six to twenty nine. Only gave up seven offensive boards, so you know, improvement on the rebounding. That was something that him and I talked about in the defense. They hold Davidson to thirty nine percent shooting, thirty three from three, ten of thirty, and Davidson shot seven of eleven from the line. Bobby Durkin. Great name there. Played 33 minutes, uh, scored 14 points on 4 of 14 shooting. He was Davidson's leading scorer. Nobody else in double figures. So uh, a good defensive effort by Dayton tonight, which is something me and David both talked about um, in the you know our little brief 15-minute conversation was we wanted to see Dayton kind of step up the defensive intensity a little bit, and they did that tonight. They played very well on the defensive end. Got They got the job done. So And that's these are necessary wins as we move forward throughout this season. They really took advantage of their size and athleticism. You could tell that they were overmatched athletically uh, at, at every point. They were quote unquote bigger in size, but Dayton was the more athletic team, the more aggressive team, and the you could see it from the outset that Dayton was just flat out had the dudes that Davidson did not. That made the difference in the game was Dayton's athletes and Dayton's ability to get to the rim and kind of get whatever they wanted. You know, like I said, they only took. 21 threes and you know that number has been a lot higher in a lot of games but it wasn't necessary tonight and they they took it to the rack they got to the line didn't make many of them but you know it it was it's a game that you will take every single time out of Dayton especially once we get into the conference slate there are many teams worse than Davidson in the league and Dayton handled this one without much of a fuss there was stress-free drama-free and that's what you want from Conference games on the road, drama-free, stress-free, and that is really all you can ask for out of the Dayton squad. So they open the Atlantic 10 season at 1-0, and with their next game being a home tilt against UMass. We'll talk about some of the A-10 action around the league a little bit later on in the podcast, but uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, right in the middle of uh, NFL su- the final NFL Sunday of the year on ESPN2. They're on the deuce against UMass. That'll be a uh, an interesting matchup. So Dayton's got that to look forward to. But like I said, starting one and zero, getting the first one, getting getting rolling downhill as we begin conference play. That's what you want to see from the Dayton Flyers, and they do just that. Uh, player of the game tonight, I'm going to go with Nate Santos. Uh, Nate played a pretty solid game. As I said, he had uh, 16 points, six of 11 from the field, three of five from three, grabs seven boards. Had an assist, one turnover, one steal. I thought Nate played a very, very good game, played very within himself, took good shots, made some good shots, and he really just was in control of the, of his game for the entire 40 minutes. Could have went a lot, couple different ways there. Duran was quiet in the first half. He got going in the second. Uh, Kobe had a very, very good first half. He quieted off in the second half. And uh, Isaac Jack, who just continues to give great minutes off the bench anytime he gets his opportunity. He only played seven minutes tonight. You know, Dayton... He played seven, Zimmy played seven, and uh, Grant shortened down the rotations tonight. Only six guys played more than seven minutes uh, with Kobe Bray getting 24 off the bench and then all the starters playing over 30. So uh, Anthony shortened up the, the rotations tonight and you know only played, in effect, six guys. He, put, he played eight, but in effect it was six. And Dayton handles their business, and that's what you want. That's what you want to see dunk from Enoch Cheeks was certainly a highlight and then followed up with a Deron Holmes dunk right after that. You kind of felt like Dayton was going to just kind of ride off into the sunset after that. Davidson 
cut it to 11. You know, Dayton kind of left their foot off the gas, kind of quit with the defensive intensity. This game could have easily, easily been a 20-plus point win, which I know will make uh, the net nerds very, very upset. But at the end of the day, all I care about is getting a road win against a conference opponent. So, And Dayton handles just that. So a good win, a, a needed win, a necessary win, and now – we can look forward to the Minutemen of UMass. Uh, so what we're going to do now is, uh, as I stated earlier, had a brief conversation with David Jablonski today while he was in Charlotte. Uh, he was gracious enough to give me some of his time. So uh, we're going to flip it over to that right now. We talk about uh, the UD Arena book that he released, how that has been going, uh, his travels throughout Charlotte, where he was going to have lunch on this day, uh, talked a little bit about Dayton season at large, what he's liked, what he would like to see improve, and, uh, and a prediction that... Uh, was pretty darn close to the final score, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get to the Jablonski interview. And then on the back half, of, on the back end of the Jablonski interview, we'll do a little of A-10 rundown, kind of go through the scores in the first night of league action, some upsets, uh, some absolute thrillers. At time of recording this, it is 114 Fordham, George Washington 110 in triple overtime with a minute to go. So I'm sure by the time get finished editing this and going to record the final part, that game will have gone final. So we will talk about that in the A-10 rundown. But for now, here is the friend of the program, David Jablonski. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, welcome in. Uh, we now would like to welcome on uh, the friend of the program, uh, Dayton beat writer for the Dayton Daily News, uh, and everyone's favorite tweeter, uh, David Jablonski, joining us live from Charlotte. Uh, Dave, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be uh, back on the podcast. So this is not your first time on the show, but it is your first time on it with me, uh, as Sully has moved on, although he has returned to tweeting. we He, he is... Uh, gone past his January one date that he set for himself. So Sully is back tweeting about Dayton basketball. I know you're just thrilled about that. That's really the story of the year so far, but I mean, the Flyers haven't played a game yet, so we'll see if uh, we got bigger news ahead of us. It truly is the story of 2024 up until this recording. So uh, with, with all that out of the way um, and one more little housekeeping note, uh, you have released your book, the epicenter of college basketball. It seems to be a, a smashing success. Um, I thought fa- I got it for my father for Christmas. He read it in a day. I've heard many other, uh, you know, similar accounts to people who have read it. Um, you know, what has your reaction been to the release and uh, all the kind words that people have have said to you about the book? And, um, you know, how rewarding uh, is it th- that now that it's out and released, all the hard work is done and uh, people have been able to read your work? 
Uh, it's been great, and thanks for ordering it. Um, you know, of course. when I started it, I thought I could finish the book. I thought I could produce a book, but I didn't know what the reactions would be. I didn't know whether you know it would be good enough to live up to the stature of the arena, which is a special place for so many people. But uh, so far, everybody's loved it. Um, I've sold close to thirteen hundred. I think I you know put like sixteen thousand dollars of my own money into this. Most of that on printing fifteen hundred books. Uh, right. Just, you know, with the hope. With the hopes, I mean, the money was not, an, I didn't care whether I made money on this. I just wanted to make my money back because my wife would appreciate that. So we've done that and made a, made some cash. I'm going to spend it all on beer, of course. There you go. Maybe, maybe put maybe put a little in Chase's college fund. But uh, yeah, I've got, a, I still have books at home, so you can still buy them on udarenabook.com. I did recently put it on Amazon too, just because I'm tired of going to the post office. And eventually that's where people <laughs> will be able to buy the books exclusively. Um, yeah, I've been to the post office every day for about since November 20th, I think, uh, every day that it's open at least. So, yeah, it's been great. Uh, uh, the people I work with who helped me put the book together did a good job, especially the designer. I think it looks good on a bookshelf and uh, hopefully, you know, sell a few more, especially, you know, during the first four when NCAA tournament comes back. Um, and maybe, maybe we'll update it with a, like an exciting final chapter if this team uh, continues to play well. Well, that's a solid transition into our conversation today. So Dayton begins their conference slate to, well, it would be, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon, so it'll be in at Davidson tonight. Uh, a very, very good non-con for Dayton. Uh, Jablo, what, what is one thing about this team that has really impressed you thus far this season? It's got to be the three-point shooting. I mean, they're on pace to set a school record, number two in the country. I mean, everybody hoped they could improve their three-point shooting. That was certainly something they needed to do, but nobody expected them to be this good. And, you know, got enough evidence now that this is the team they are. They're going to keep shooting this well. They're going to have some ups and downs. You're not going to shoot 50% every game, but, uh, you know, they are going to have a lot of a lot of good shooting performances in A-10 play. Kobe Brea is the biggest reason that they rank two in the country. I mean, he was in a wheelchair in the spring. I mean, the image of Malachi Smith pushing him around on campus that I saw last spring, I would have never pictured Kobe having this kind of season, but uh, he has been um, as good as it gets. So yeah, that's the biggest reason for their success. Yeah. And the shooting has been very, very remarkable. And yeah, you know, I'm the same way. I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said I saw this kind of three point shooting output coming from the team, but I thought they would be like much like you. I thought they'd be a better three point shooting team. I didn't, I didn't foresee a second in the country quite, uh, quite that high, but you know, you're around the team a lot. You're in practice a lot. Have you seen an attitude shift with these guys and how they're carrying themselves and how they're preparing? Because, you know, a lot of, you know, the Kobe's and Duran, they're in their third year. They've played a lot of games. Um, do you see a, just a new era of confidence within the group? Or is there anything that has stuck out at practice or how they're handling the media or anything like that that kind of points to why they've been so consistent this year? Well, I don't get to see any practices. Those are closed. Uh, maybe one glimpse in the summer, they'll let us shoot like photos for like 10 or 15 minutes. That's it. Uh, and Santa Bay tournament, if they make it, you get to see a little practice there. So right. the glimpses I get are before games and at games. We have uh, media availability every couple weeks, like uh, a couple days before some games, not every game, uh, where you, you, know, you might get on the practice court, but they're not practicing at that time. So my glimpses of the team are not much different than what everybody else has. Um, but, you know, obviously they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, a lot of different guys have accepted their role. You know, you know, Cheek's not scoring 
15, 20 a game, but doing a lot of little things to help this team. You know, Santos not having huge games every game, but, you know, had a great performance in the uh, Charleston Classic. You know, Bennett taking over the point guard role, you know, with Malachi Smith's injury. Kobe Elvis is playing as good as he's played since, uh, you know, his first season at Dayton. Uh, and they're on homes, you know, capable of, you know, taking over games as we've seen a couple times this year. But he's had to adjust his role without Tumani Kamara. So, uh, you know, a lot of different reasons they're playing with confidence. Um, but it's just, you know, stacking those wins together is the biggest thing. Yeah, and the confidence is apparent. And I thought the, you know, there's no real attitudes, it seems, on the team. It, it feels like they genuinely enjoy playing together. It works well. They don't have, you know, Duran doesn't have those possessions where it's like, hey, man, I haven't gotten a shot here in four or five possessions. It's time for me to get a shot. Or Bray is like, hey, I haven't gotten a shot. It's time for me to get a shot. You don't see any of that with this team. It, they look very connected and very together. Um, let's let's talk, you know, a lot of that comes from coaching. And I think Coach Grant has done a phenomenal job so far this year, both constructing the roster and coaching in-game. What are some things you've noticed from Anthony Grant this season? He seems to be a little more animated. Have you noticed that as well? Um, I don't know. That's hard. Such a hard thing to judge. There's no stat for that. Uh, um, you know, I think something he gets a bad rap. Fans see him sitting there not doing anything, but you know, plenty of times during the games, he's moving around and you know being animated. Maybe he's not Archie Miller. He's never going to be Archie Miller. Uh, you know, bringing that kind of intensity or running up and down the court like you might see Shaka Smart doing. Um, but, yeah, he's, you can't argue with the job he's done, um, especially, you know, the early injury to Malachi Smith and figuring out, you know, what to do with the, the rotation. You know, there have been some decisions on who's playing. I mean, we've seen, you know, Selzimi play some good minutes early, and now Petros has those minutes. And, you know, how much is Isaac Jack going to play? Can he play with Deron Holmes? They've done a little bit of that. Um, so yeah, he's, you know, they've limited the turnovers. That's been a big issue in recent years. And, you know, they've had like I think 14 turnovers total in the last three games. I look back and that's the best three game stretch I could find in the last like 15 years. And, uh, defense has to get better, I think, but, uh, the offense has been, uh, one of the best in the country. Yeah, and, and I'll agree with you on the defensive point. I do think the defense uh, needs to get better as we move forward. And, you know, a, and a, a part of that is rebounding. Uh, the big, the big, big issue I've had this year is Dayton's uh, giving up offensive rebounds and their ability to rebound on the defensive end. And, you know, there's no magic sauce to that. You know, you just got to box out and then, you know, you got to have the want to and, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. And I, the, my big thing with it is if you're going to give up offensive rebounds, you got to limit turnovers. And it seems that Dayton has done that. They've started limiting your turnovers like you, like you were talking about. Um, but, you know, we're getting into conference play now. So you're playing two times a week. You're playing teams that you're familiar with. What is one area, maybe besides the, the rebounding, like I brought up, what is one area you think Dayton needs to improve on as they move forward? Um, like I said, I think it's the defense. Uh, they're, you look at the Ken Palm numbers, they're top 15 in offense and just over 100 in, in defense. And, uh, you know, you really want to be a balanced team, you know, going into the postseason and to have any chance of success. And, you know, same in the conference play, you know, how hard it is to, to win on the road in the A-10. Uh, you know, ideally they go 15 and three this season. That's kind of been the record of the a 10 champion the last two years, both been 15 and three. You might be able to win it at 14 and four and, 
you know, still get an eight at large bid with that kind of record. Uh, anything past that, you're you're moving closer to the bubble. Um, so the defense has to be a little better. We've seen seen them struggle. I guess the three point shot at times this year. Uh, I think they've been better there lately. The rebounding, you're right. Anthony used the exact words "want to" in the last post game press conference. You know they know the issue. They just got to go get those balls, and sometimes it just seems like the ball goes anywhere but toward the Dayton players, and they just have a a knack of not getting those rebounds. Um, I'm sure we'll see that improve a little bit. Turnovers, keeping those down is going to be big, and we'll see uh, how consistent they can be with the three-point shot. So let's talk about Davidson here a little bit. They they are riding a similar win streak to Dayton coming into this one. They've won seven in a row. They're 10-3. and three. What are some early observations you've had of this Davidson squad? Um, well, their big guy missed the last game against – Ohio, you, my alma mater, and I'm not sure uh, nobody really knows why he was out, whether he was hurt or sick or who knows. Uh, I even reached out to the OU's radio team, which I know, and they they said you know, nobody knew at that last game. He's their leading scorer, 13 points a game. We'll see if he plays tonight. I would assume he probably will. It's probably just a one-game thing. Dayton's had a lot of sick players over the course of the season, so it's probably something like that, but we just don't know. Um, you know, they've got the Grant Huffman kid from – from Ohio, who's turned out to be a really good player. He was like good friends with uh, Luke Frazier, who was uh, you know one of Dayton's freshman recruits a few years ago. Um, they've got some new guys. You know, they lost like three of their top four scorers from last year, including Desmond Watson, who's starting for Loyola, an in-conference transfer. Um, they don't shoot the three particularly well, or at least they haven't. So uh, we'll see how much that advantage will be for Dayton tonight. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, Dayton has just owned Davidson. The seven straight wins. They haven't lost at Bell Arena since 2015. And Day- Davidson's had pretty good teams during that run. So the streak doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I keep thinking Davidson's due to beat Dayton, but they, they never do. So we'll see what happens tonight. That's right. And you are in Charlotte. So I, I have one more pressing question for you. What's for lunch today? Um, I'm probably going to get some barbecue. I mean, I've already got the recommendations from uh, Nate Tri Browns, who's my uh, shout my out dining, Nate, friend uh, of the program, friend of the program, of course. He's my uh, tour guide and dining uh, expert. Uh, he gave me a place Midwood, which I've been to Charlotte so many times now for this Davidson game. I didn't realize that I'd already been there. So we'll see if I go again. <laughs> uh, I was driving around. I was in the neighborhood. I was like, oh yeah, I have been here before. Um, so we'll see. There's I might get just go to a different location this time. Um, but but I already stopped at a brewery and had a a beer and a bowl of soup that was pretty good. It had some cornbread in it, so I guess that counts as Southern. There you go. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, we'll, we'll leave you with this. Uh, we will know if you are right or wrong when this episode airs. Give me a score and prediction for tonight. Um, I will say Dayton 75, Davidson 69. All right, nice. There we go. All right, David Jablonski, thank you again for joining us. I'm sure we will have you on again at some point before the end of the season. Uh, But other than that, thanks again, and uh, take care. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. Welcome back from the interview with David Jablonski, and we would like to thank him once again for coming on the show. Now it is time for the A-10 rundown, and starting off with Dayton, of course, 72-59 over Davidson tonight. Uh, Fordham 
wins a triple overtime thriller, 119-113 over George Washington to get to 1-0 in the league. Uh, George Mason defeats LaSalle 77-62 in a game that they were trailing by six at the half and outscored LaSalle 40-19 to in the second half. So George Mason with an impressive second half to get their first conference victory. Uh, UMass, Dayton's opponent on Sunday, gets an easy win over Duquesne 80-61. to Our old friend Archie Miller does it again. Rhode Island upsetting St. Joe's 78-74 in Kingston. And Loyola Chicago goes on the road and beats St. Louis 80-73. to Things are not going well uh, down in St. Louis. Uh, I don't think Ford is very long for his job. So that was all the act. Oh, and uh, currently in progress at the half, St. Bonaventure 44, VCU 36. So that was all the action in the Atlantic 10 on this night. You know, the big surprise, obviously, is Rhode Island beating St. Joe's, who many people thought would be the second-best team in the league. And obviously, you know, a 119-113 score doesn't come around in college basketball every day of the week. So that's that's where the A-10 stands currently. So taking a look at the standings through one game, and obviously not everybody has played one game yet, but uh, your Dayton Flyers at the top, George Mason 1-0, UMass 1-0, Loyola Chicago, Fordham, Rhode Island, uh, St. Bonaventure and VCU are currently playing, which leaves the Richmond Spiders as the only team that has not played a conference game yet. They open up their conference season against St. Bonaventure on Saturday. So that will be Richmond's first league game on Saturday. They were the only team idle in the Atlantic 10 tonight. So there you go. And that is the first A-10 rundown of the season with many more to come throughout the year. All right, that's going to do it for me here. I uh, appreciate you listening. Appreciate David for coming on the show. I'm sure he will be on the show again before the season is up. Before the season is up, maybe have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation. Uh, but I appreciate him making time today while he was in Charlotte. I'm sure he enjoyed the lunch uh, recommendation from our good friend Nate at Tri Browns on Twitter. And uh, you know, he's coming back home with a victory for the Dayton Flyers. The Flyers come back. They play Sunday at 1 at the Decibel Dungeon against UMass. Should be a good one. Should be a fun one. On this show, we have two rules. They are wear red. They are be loud. We will see you all on Sunday and on the podcast next week. Until then, go Flyers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.